Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering yeah. traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. It's Jack Humphrey calling in from Richmond, Indiana to our show, Traffic Masters. Gina is out today. She's talking to PayPal. <laughs> Literally, she's in Scottsdale, Arizona and having great big meetings with PayPal. She's all fancy and left me behind to do this wonderful, wonderful radio show. And we have a great guest today. Is our guest on? Is this Natalie? It is. All right. I just wanted to make sure it only has your phone number, and I forgot what it looked like. So I'm going to do a little introduction <laughs> of Natalie, and uh, we'll get going. So we have today Natalie Marie Collins, and she has, she worked in corporate for 13 years, and after that, she took her skills online and became a virtual assistant to learn how to become a successful entrepreneur. She quickly realized that putting a solid plan in action for her clients was the key to their success. So she developed a simple and easy-to-follow system that has made her clients hundreds of thousands of dollars. She put it then into a biz plan and workbook uh, plus planner to help business owners get clear on their dreams with ways to take action and they can thrive in their business. The Biz Plan book is a vital tool she uses when coaching her students to build a solid online business, and you can learn more about Natalie at nataliemariecollins.com. Natalie, welcome. Thank you for having me, Jack. I'm so happy to be here. You are back. You are Now you're kind of like one of those people who is a frequent, uh, a frequent guest of ours now. We can call you frequent. I know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you don't just get to walk right back into Traffic Masters. You've got to be kind of special, so know that uh, there is a purpose. <laughs> we must have had a lot of fun the last time. Yes, we did. So, so what are you up to now? What's getting you out of bed in the morning, and what are you the most excited about in your business or uh, with your clients or anything in general? Well, you know, you mentioned the Biz Plan book, and I just released it a, um, a couple weeks ago, and I'm so incredibly excited to finally be able to put all of the skills and knowledge and be able to put it into a workbook that people can go through from front to beginning. And by the time they're done with the workbook, they have a very clear direction on what their business is going to be looking like for 2016. And I find that there is so much gold inside of that clarity and being able to move forward in business. So I'm just super excited to to be able to watch the the light bulbs light up as people go through this process. What kind of businesses are you talking about? Does this help a particular kind of business or any kind of business? Well, I've been in the online space for a good three years now. And when I first developed this, I had the initial thought of doing this for online entrepreneurs. Uh, but the deeper I got into it, I realized that this works both for online businesses and physical businesses that people have. And so as I was developing the workbook part of it, I made sure that it was you know, the bridge was gapped between the two of them. So whether you have an online business or an offline business, this is a workbook that you can use. Now, when I talk about it, I do gear more towards online business because that's a majority of my community is in online, but just knowing that it's for both is a vital key. Is there in your mind any difference anymore between online and offline businesses other than real estate? You no, know, not really. <laughs> it's just the way that <laughs> your content is presented to to your customers. So if you have a class, for example, and this is something that I talk about in the workbook, but if you have a class that you are giving to somebody, whether you have it uh, where you give it to somebody in person or you're giving it to somebody online, your content and your passion behind that is still the same. It's just a different delivery mechanism. Yeah. I wonder when it is that we'll stop saying online and offline because it really <laughs> seems to be getting close. And, and I'm almost like dating uh, people – uh, I can carbon date somebody based on whether or not they specify between online and offline and whether they just say business. 
And it seems yeah. like the younger and, folks are just saying business. It's just business. I mean, there is no difference. It's like telling a fish about water, right? I mean, they're, they was, they've been soaking in it since they were born. And now they're entrepreneurs, and they're like, they just say business. And, no, yeah, I have a physical location where some of our – where we keep products or whatever, or, you know, I am an electrician, or I have a client who's an electrician, so they have, like, a truck and a place, <laughs> you know. But uh, I think that it's it's fading really fast now, the difference that hey, people Natalie, even make hey, a difference. Hey, Jack, this is Gina. Hey, Gina. No way. What are you doing here? <laughs> I came to say Hello. How is it but, even possible? I thought you were at PayPal. Uh, I will be there shortly, but I'm not there yet. But well, I have to jump in on this particular topic because I am hoping that the answer to your question is tomorrow, when I get done with PayPal today. And <laughs> here's why I say okay. that. Until today... If you're an online business, you can use platforms like Divisio and some of the other affiliate networks and shopping carts to do e-commerce online. If you're an offline business, you can use POS terminals and the like to do business offline. Hopefully, by the time I'm done at PayPal today, we will have a platform at Divisio that will allow both online and offline businesses to process transactions through Divisio, which will be so awesome because we can bring online and offline businesses together to do things that they've never been able to do before. That is so exciting. I want to know more about this. (laughs) Are you saying that my sister's tea shop will soon be able to take advantage of this, the little tea shop that she just opened? Yeah, right? So as her tea shop, I bet there's lots of companies that have great products that are sold online that have affiliate programs that she could actually make money on on from her little tea shop in the offline world, right? Wow. Except that she'd have to send her customers to a website to make a purchase. What if her POS terminal in her tea shop could actually take the order, she could swipe the credit card, and yet it would process through the vendor that's online's merchant account in a way that would pay her instantly. Oh, that's exciting. (laughs) That is frictionless. That's what I've been reading a lot about, the 21st century business. Forbes' latest uh, uh, issue is all about the frictionlessness of the 21st century business, how we just take away all the barriers. And this reminds me of when they started coming out with apps that you could point down the street and the location and the view would tell the app where you are, when you are, in space and time, and then put the Facebook logos and everything above the signs of the Chinese restaurant down the street, the whatever you're shining it on, the, the fitness place, and you would be, you'd have a virtual view of the street through the camera on your phone, and you could click to find out all their information. You could go to their website. You could go to their Facebook page. Really, really cool. And we've all you know, kind of probably seen that uh, kind of technology for a while, but for the payment side of it, what you just said is, is, makes me feel just like that. It's like lay, overlaying the offline or the online stuff right on top of the real world and being able to integrate Fully with that. So, can you imagine that somebody be able to sell a, like, sign up for uh, Divisio or ClickBank or something like that, and then be able to sell from their register in their shop in the real world products that are digital, that are digitally delivered, or whatever can be ordered digitally and delivered later? To me, seems like the same thing. Totally agree. And we're just waiting for one more API to be approved. The technology is already there. We just need one more API approval from PayPal to be able to turn that on in real time. So somewhere in the future, um, Natalie, when you're buying something at whatever becomes the bookstore in the future or some kind of a little shop, you're on vacation or whatever, and you see something really cool that they're able to that's uh, going to be delivered to you online instead of right there at the store. You heard it here first. Who started it? Gina. <laughs> Gina started it. Hey, you're our hero. 
<laughs> well, that, that's how I have envisioned business for years and years and years. We just had to have the technology follow suit. There is no online business and offline business. There's business, period. Yep, completely you know, agree uh, with that. Somebody, somebody sitting as an advisor, uh, a, a financial advisor or something, they're talking to their client, and they realize that to be of greatest service to that client, they're providing all the information they typically do. They also say that you need Natalie's biz guide, <laughs> biz plan, <laughs> and uh, you're going to just need to pick that up. Well, how do I do that? Well, you could go to this big old long website, or we could just take care of it right now, and that will be part of your uh, mm-hmm. bill today. And, uh, and it will be sent to your email. All the instructions and everything will be waiting for you at home to crack this sucker open. And wouldn't that be a boom for your business as someone who uh, sells this kind of information and courses and classes and things like that, that not only can you sell it online where it's incredibly crowded, the pendulum swinging back toward offline now. That would be kind of cool. Yep. It's, a, it's exciting to watch because I know that there is a, a bridge between the two, but watching the bridge get shorter and shorter is, is very exciting. Yeah, that's why I said that in the very beginning. I wonder how much longer we're going to even be making the distinction between the two, because there's no if there's no two anymore for all purposes. Your business offline is not even in business if you're not online. There's very few businesses left out there that can completely survive in the offline world with no online anything, right? At least your support, you know, sending out emails or you have to do something. For most businesses, that's just the truth, and there's no distinction. Well, we are a business that has a website that has, you know, we do Facebook ads and we do all of this stuff, and uh, we, we do all of our traditional offline stuff too. But it doesn't include things, old things like yellow pages and all the outmoded stuff. Uh, it hasn't for years and years and years. But there's also there's many things that are there's no more newspaper advertising because there's no more newspapers in local areas. Right. Ours just went away in in many local areas that are small. You know, you have to live in Chicago, New York, L.A. to have a big paper, you know. And then you get USA Today, which is just, you know, everything. But there's no local anymore. So it's kind of weird. It's kind of neat. Like you said, it's fun to watch. It, Yeah, it, it blows my mind on all of this stuff. And, you know, i, I got to bring this up because as you were talking, this, um, commercial that I've seen here recently has it just cracks me up every time I watch it, but it's like constant contact. And when they start off the commercial, they start off with offline business owners who have gotten constant contact and are now not only are they business owners, but they are marketers. <laughs> and it's this really you know played up version of it, like this proud I am now a marketer with that, and they're just bridging that gap also on showing people that, you know, taking an online business section of things and taking the offline part of it and merging it together is just, it's so fun. And, you know, inside, one of the things that I love about the Biz Plan book is that it's just an offline version. It's just a physical book. And I did that on purpose because, when you get down to the nitty-gritty, there's nothing better on generating ideas and really getting down to the core of what you want inside of your, of your business um, by just pushing you know, pen to paper with things. And so I think that through the digital age with everything, some of that has been lost. And it's, to me, you know, if it's all digital, to me it's more um, surface. So in order to dive a little bit deeper on what the true core values and stuff that you have are and what you really want for your business, you know, if you just get pen, traditional pen and paper out and start answering questions, you will get the answers to this stuff. And so I did that on, on purpose. So if you look at this plan book, you'll see that it's only available in a physical version, and that's why. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I mean, and who knows what it will be printed on uh, paper-wise in the future. It might be Knaf, it might be Hemp, it might be, you know, <laughs> everything. Oh, Literally, yeah. everything is changing, everything, even in the publishing world. 
But I totally agree. I mean, you're taking care of the printing for them, and it's it's more cost-effective for you to do the printing of this book that needs to be physical than it is for them to print something out at home with the cost of yeah. ink and toner and everything else. So they're getting a deal on top of everything else by being able to have you do the printing because you do it in bulk. And, uh, and it looks a lot nicer than, than <laughs> what people are going to typically do. You don't want your creation to be printed in black and white if color is really important. But everybody's going to print it in black and white if they can because it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> so yeah, and, and yeah, and you you touched on a really good point with that because I know in business, um, I've really been diving a lot into branding and having like that signature look behind everything, and just knowing that you know if I'm able to deliver a product, I want to make sure that my brand stays consistent, and I feel that that is so vital and important for for businesses across the board, whether you're delivering online or offline merchandise, having that consistency you know, just really makes you shine. So if you're delivering online products, you know, be sure that if somebody prints it off that it stays consistent and the quality is still there. Yeah, absolutely. Controlling that experience is really important. Just ask Apple. Yeah, they control every aspect of your experience. All right, well, have fun. Thanks for dropping in. You guys are on a roll. Hopefully, (laughs) by the time I talk to you guys next, I will have gotten business offline and online to be a little closer together. Oh, you're such an inspiration, Gina. Have a great day. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Well, that was a treat. I didn't. I had no idea that was going to happen, or that she would have the time. <laughs> so, yes, uh, this is how Gina and I support each other. I, I'm holding down the fort this week while she's doing all kinds of deals. The PayPal thing is just one of them in uh, Phoenix this this week. So, that's good. It's teamwork is nice. Plus, I didn't have to fly yes. this time, so that was even better for me. <laughs> <laughs> so now you had a chance to. Uh, you know, you were here one time, and you you had the experience you had, and then uh, somebody Lee Lee Collins. Do you know that guy? I do. Um, he's actually in the office next to me. <laughs> Is he? Well, he came on, and he could have warned you off of coming on the show again, but yeah, you came back anyway. So now we've had I the did. whole family, and now we're having the family over again. <laughs> Yeah, for those of you who are listening and don't know, Lee Collins is my husband, if that wasn't obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and he is an awesome dude. So He um, is. I am I was gonna I've ask. been honored. <laughs> oh, oh no, the honor is all his, let him, me assure a... you. So I was going to ask you just to switch gears a little bit here, um, but we're talking about how things are and, and how things have changed in some areas and payment and situations uh, with online and offline. But what about what from your perspective? Because I know you work with clients, I know you work with a lot of different people on different projects and things. And for all of us, traffic is a big deal. And you know, I have to put something in here like that because this is called Traffic Masters. But what we talk about nowadays is so radically different than what we would have been talking about if we were on the show in uh, 2012 or 2013 or 20, 2008 for sure. Like we talked a lot about search. We talked, and you couldn't ever have a discussion about traffic without talking about Google. Uh, but nowadays, I'm finding with guests who are coming on when I ask them about this stuff. We don't talk a lot about Google anymore, at least as, not nearly as much as we used to in terms of how people get traffic and how they get attention. So I try to ask everybody now, what do you think about traffic in general, how you're getting attention online, how maybe your clients are getting attention online? We've talked about things like having um, you know, a, a good mixture of paid traffic and organic traffic and that it's really not even safe in this world in this day and age to just depend on one or the other. And a lot of people do have an amalgam of the two, some some paid traffic, some uh, organic stuff, some SEO. But what do you think about getting attention and getting traffic in this day and age with how much social has taken over and where people are getting their information, where they're finding a link to something, which is typically a lot more on social now than automatically going to Google unless they have a very specific search they want to perform. How, do, how does that work with 
in your world? Where do you what do you think about first when you think about going out and getting attention for your new book? Uh, you know, the absolute first place that I think of is Facebook. Um, not only am I there practically every day, um, but I know a lot of my friends are too. And just you know, how I don't even know the last count of how many people are actually on Facebook throughout the world, but it is this ginormous amount of people. And if the majority of people are on Facebook every single day, then that is the absolute perfect place to be able to reach your audience. But since it's a social platform, you got to be a little, you know, you got to approach it a little bit differently than just as an ad, so to say. Um, so yeah. I, I really find that showing up um, on a consistent basis, showing up every day, showing up um, as myself and as a human being and also as my brand and just integrating it all together and being the consistent person that people can rely on and knowing that I'm there and I'm willing and able to answer questions for them and be friendly and social and just create that rapport with people that people are more likely to listen to me and therefore will go to my website and check out my book and, you know, come to my webinars and that stuff because they actually know me and that's, you know, the know, like, and trust factor really comes into play on this. And I do do some paid advertisements through Facebook and have had great results with it. And so I believe that it's a combination of all of them. And if you want to talk about Google, we can. (laughs) Um, But Google also loves consistency with stuff. So it's consistency was actually a very hard lesson for me to learn. And because I'm a creative, I'm artsy, and creative people have this bad rap of just being flighty and um, all over the place, and I get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I've yeah. been there, done that, and I have to actually control it in, a, in knowing that if I want to be the most – of service and in a, the most effective way that I can possible, I have to be consistent with who I am, with my message, and just show up. Yeah. How's that going for you? Is that hard sometimes? Because we have a lot of creatives who listen to the show who are all struggling at different levels and at different times with the same thing. Oh, absolutely it's hard. Um some days it's incredibly easy, and other days I just look at my my phone or my news feed and go, "Oh, I just don't want to talk to people today." <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's the day that I do a blog post or, you know, rely on the fact that I've gone through and created several blog posts and post up something that I've done in the past. And you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to be front and center. It just as long as it's the appearance that I am doing stuff and I am um, giving value to people, it may be an older blog post that I did six months ago, but if I post it up, it's still relevant content and I'm still there for them. Yeah. So you've built in little escape hatches so that you don't have to – you can still be creative. You didn't squash your inner child just to achieve the consistency that you know is – working so well for you. You were able to (laughs) keep your inner child alive and be creative and fun-loving and all of that kind of stuff. Not that other people, type A's, aren't fun-loving, but, you know, come on, people. We all know who the cool kid in the room is, type A or type B. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally type A. I get it. (laughs) Oh, God, a creative and type A. That's that's a horrible combination. How do you do it? (laughs) It's... (laughs) Some days it is not easy, but when I find ways to get them um, to work together, it's it's very magical. <laughs> it's, yes, it's finally working. Um, so in doing that, I have to sit back and and analyze what does my creative spirit really need and what does my type A personality need for this. And I have found that by creating a solid morning routine every single morning that it feeds my type A and makes my type A happy. So by the time I get to work, I'm in work mode. 
And but it's also I, I've created this morning routine to where it also feeds my soul and makes my creative side happy. And I, I've really had to fine tune and develop this because, you know, I need to get into the work mode and show up every day for this, but I also need to honor that creative side. And maybe showing up to work means that I'm, you know, drawing and figuring out what my next product is. Or, you know, maybe if you if you look at the biz plan, like you, you'll notice that there's a lot of hand-drawn stuff inside of it. And that was me sitting down for several days and mapping the entire thing out and hand-drawing the entire thing, which fed both sides of my personality. And yeah. it worked. <laughs> what I think is really important about having you here today and uh, and people like you who are still kind of rare um, in that we all decided one day to be Internet entrepreneurs, Right. And the Internet was going to open up all of these new opportunities and all this stuff. And the first thing that we all collectively did is we brought all our old world ideas of organization and consistency. And, you know, we learned it in the corporate environment or the nonprofit environment. And nobody thought at the time it was a good idea or even had an idea that if we're doing this new frontier thing, this Wild West thing, maybe there's a a new way to look at how we get things done and how we run our businesses and how we organize everything. And if it wasn't for people like you who have thought deeply about this and gone, okay, well, it's it's not fair to apply an old world kind of business strategy or organization to a new world thing like the web and being independent, not working for anybody anymore. We can't sit around and wait for orders. We are the boss. And and in and in the beginning, a lot of us are the boss, the workers, the producers, the you know, and everything else. And uh, and most of us had never been in a position like that, you know, before. We we always had a place in it, like you did. You had a place, and you had a job description, and you worked within the confines of that. And while it might have seemed limiting at times, it was also, I don't have to worry about how the accounting's done here, <laughs> or how. Yes. much I have to go out and, and bring in more business or anything. So there were the ups and downs from that. But so many people bring their past experience to this new world entrepreneurship, and it really screws them up. And I'm sure you can talk about that from people that you meet who you helped. And they're like, and they're lost puppies. They're like, what do I do? I'm free. Yay, I can do anything I want. And now I don't know what to do because everything's falling apart. I don't have any organization. I tried everything I know. What do you do with people like that? <laughs> no, I relate to them <laughs> because <laughs> I went through the exact same thing. Um, being in corporate for 13 years, I I knew it was the soul-sucking job, right? That's what we all go through when we're experiencing this and we have this entrepreneurial spirit on the inside. And mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. my – my job that I was working on, I was a contractor in the oil and gas industry. If you can imagine how exciting the oil and gas industry is. And the, the job that I was working on, the, it, it ended. It's like the project was over and nobody had work. And I, I knew that this was my opportunity to go out and become an entrepreneur and do the thing that I really wanted to do. And at the time, I, um, I started off as a raw food coach. And I was just beyond excited. And I was like, see ya! Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I started this. And, you know, it was this, all of a sudden, I went from this rigid, I had to be to work at 8 o'clock in the morning. If I didn't get there by 8.15, my boss was going to beat me to work, and I was going to get reprimanded and harassed all day for not being to work on time. Yeah. And so I knew, you know, where I could, where the lines were with all of this, what the rules were, and then, you know, waking up at home and not having to be to work by 8 o'clock in the morning, there was just this huge freedom. And it's like Mm -hmm. seeing a kid in a candy store. It's like, which candy do you try next? And you really just want to try all of them. And 
it becomes very overwhelming really quickly, and you become, I, I, at least I did, I became lost in that for um, just a short time, and I had to sit back and go, okay, what's working, what's not working? Um, and what I did is I knew that I had so much to learn about what the online space really was about and how to actually be an entrepreneur and I quickly realized it was this whole new world of stuff that I had to learn, but I didn't have the money time to be able to take the time to learn it. So I became a virtual assistant for people, and I became a virtual assistant for some high high rollers, like some high-name people in the industry, because I had the, the years of corporate experience, but in my corporate world, I manage databases. So I was able to take the knowledge of databases and apply it to um, online online stuff like uh, your autoresponders. Uh, to me, it's a database. Uh, your membership areas, to me, it's a database. And I was able to make that transition and, um, and quickly get jobs doing virtual assistant work. I view my time as a virtual assistant as getting my master's degree in becoming an entrepreneur. Like that time really taught me what I needed to do in order to become successful in bringing my passions to the world and doing it in the right way. So in doing this, I also realized that I knew that I wasn't going to be doing it for a long time, but I had to sit back and say, okay, Natalie, what is working and what is not working? What worked when you were in corporate and what works for you now that you have all of this time freedom or perceived time freedom? And I knew that the morning routine was a huge thing for me, um, but also being able to allow myself the, the grace to be able to sit down and do the stuff that my soul needed me to do in order for me to grow in the way that I know that I needed to grow. So when clients come to me, I recognize both sides of that. And if they're flailing around like the kid in the candy store and not knowing where to go next, I can quickly put a structure on, okay, I see what you want to do with your stuff. Let's let's bring it in and focus that. Um, I think it's really helpful for people to have an outside point of view come in and say, I know I'm not your boss. But as your coach, <laughs> I'm going to act like your boss for a little bit until you get your head on yeah. straight. And um, so I can come in and see the path that they need to take within their business in order to start, uh, you know, getting to where their soul really wants them to go and, and take a step back and say, okay, you need to take this step. Like you need to eat this particular candy. And, you know, and once you finish that one, then we'll try the next one. And and let's go down this path. And it's like, uh, you know, sprinkling the particular candy along the path for people um, to try. And as they, they go forward with this in their business, then they start to see the results that they've been craving. And it, to me, it's a magical experience to be able to walk somebody through this. And, Jack, I'm sure you <laughs> have experienced the same stuff as well, but in knowing where people are and, and what the creative soul really needs is, um, I feel, is a certain kind of structure, but also a grace. And I have found that yeah. that really, really works. I think one of the neatest things about all this is that um, is that we have the luxury of even talking about what we want. Right, because that's another thing that oh, yeah. didn't come over automatically from corporate. I mean, you came over thinking, uh, you know, you you were like you were shot out of a cannon. I'm free here, I go. But how many <laughs> things were still limiting you? How many limits did you still have placed upon yourself at that time that you now know, you, you know, that you have let go of? That you thought I'm free, I can do anything I want. It's eight in the morning, and I don't care. I'm going to go back to sleep. I'll just have to work harder later. You know, those are the obvious things. And that's what everybody, when they're starting out, thinks of the Internet and being an entrepreneur. But what were some of the other limitations you discovered later that you still had on your back when uh, after you left corporate and started your own thing? You know, I <laughs> this is such a huge question 
because once I got out of the corporate environment, I quickly realized how many limitations I had to get over. Um, And I had all of this stuff in the back of my mind that was holding me back, all these voices of people in my past that I had unknowingly to myself um, at the time were holding me back. And their voices were still incredibly loud. So I had to, it it was Mm -hmm. this almost painful process to go through and and prove each voice wrong. And I'm still proving each voice wrong, so they'll shut up. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) But it's, oh, you know, just the, you're crazy. When I first started, you know, working online, I got so many people didn't understand what I was doing. And, you know, at this point of, People saying you're you're out of your mind for wanting to do this um, because I know they yeah. didn't understand. I had I had to take a step back and say I love you, thank you for your concern for me, but I know this is not your path, and I have to 100% embrace that I am feeling this urge, this this sense of needing to go down this path because this is for me and I realized this is not for you. And and then I had to be okay with it. I had to not only bless them and build up that space between it, but then I had to, you know, give myself the permission to do this and say, I, I, I see your self-doubt coming up, Natalie. Like, I see this in you, like, are you agreeing with them? Are you um, saying that they're right or are they wrong? Like, I'm giving you permission to listen to your soul to move, be able to move forward and, and do what, you know, what you're here to do. And just going through that every step of the way, like every step, I had to que- like yeah. I question myself in the back of my mind and I had to, it, it's such a painful process to, quiet the thoughts and I've done um, you know art therapy and I do morning pages every morning so I can see what that deep stuff is that's coming up for me and how can I address it and how can I move forward and sometimes it's years of processing and working through stuff yeah and (laughs) I I think it has a degree to it that is yeah how long you were in the other world um, Dr. Wayne Dyer, just before he passed away, and really very quickly before he passed away, wrote his last book, I Can See Clearly Now. And you're you're talking about things that I'm recalling from his very good book. I recommend everybody pick it up uh, if you haven't already. Um, he he goes back on his life and he looks around, and he starts to, you know to, to describe to the reader all of the points of clarity that he was only able to gain now by being able to look back. And now as I look back and we're talking about this conversation, uh, we're talking about you know how, how impregnated we all were with the real world when we first got online, we first started being entrepreneurial and doing the, everything ourselves and uh, then hiring staff and having to be a manager. I've never done that before. Let me figure out how this goes. <laughs> or, or I did do that before and here's how it went then. And it's not working now. These guys aren't responding to my corporate training for management or whatever it might be. But I think one of the things I always marveled at, when I came online, I took to it really quickly. I took to a lot of things. And I, I noticed that I don't, I've never had a lot of the limitations that other people that I've coached over the years have had. And I'm like, what the heck is, why don't people get this? Why can't they pick it up? It seems so obvious to me. But I have, to reduce, I have to tell them three, four, five times, and they'll go out and do it the old way anyway, and I'll go, see, I told you, do it this way now. It was so hard for them to do. Now I'm coming to understand is because I've, before I got online, I was in nonprofits. I never had a corporate job. I, never went, I didn't have a business uh, school training. I was never polluted by so much of the stuff that you guys who worked in corporate had to get rid of. And now I'm just now on this show, kind of starting to see why I took to it so much more quickly than other people that I've coached since then and the people you're describing and yourself. And I think that's got a lot to do with it. It's almost like 
I wonder if there's a business idea in this where people can just be there's a welcome center to online entrepreneurship. <laughs> and this is these are the courses you need to take so that you don't get uh screwed over because there's always people like a uh, I'm going to date myself, but that Guns N' Roses uh, video when Axel gets off the the bus in Hollywood and they're, all the drug dealers and all the bad influencers and everybody are just sitting at the Hollywood bus station waiting to pick up these farm kids who have never been off the farm, you know, and they don't have any experience to take advantage of them, sell them stuff, get them hooked on stuff, get them – well, the Internet is exactly the same way. I mean, the first things that you find because you don't know how to search – you you do a stupid search like make money online. <laughs> it's the dumbest search <laughs> right. you can possibly do because that's going to introduce you to all of the evildoers that there are out there. They're all scrambling to meet you. And <laughs> so that's usually a lot of people's introduction and they're like, "Well, maybe I'll try MLM." I don't know, whatever whatever everybody seems to be doing, and you get locked up in a little tiny world where it does seem like everybody's doing that when it's actually an artificial environment and everybody is not actually doing that. But if somebody gets, you know, into those, gets you into that AOL version of their world where you think you're on the Internet but you're not really, uh, it's just a fascinating thing. It's not something I think I'd want to take on personally um, because I've done so much decommissioning of people's old ideas and bringing them on and it's just, it's old to me. I want to move forward and expand. But somebody could take that idea and run with it. <laughs> Just an Internet <laughs> Entrepreneur's Welcome Center. Be careful of these guys over here. Don't do this. You know, and then here is the classroom where we decommission all of those old archaic ideas that you didn't even know you had, but they are just not suited for this world you're about to enter. And it's going to make everything a lot more smooth. Is that a good idea Absolutely. or am I just tripping out? Oh, no, I, I love it because I – I know I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have a mentor to walk me through what I needed to do and what I needed to avoid. And if there's this giant sea that I could easily get lost in with all the bright, shiny objects, you know, do this, do this, do this, and the clarity gets completely muddled in it. And so having a mentor, I feel, is the most important thing in being able to move you forward and keep you focused on things. I happen to be incredibly lucky to be able to have married my mentor. <laughs> so <laughs> not only you know, I have him there twenty like he is by my side this entire time. And I remember in the beginning when uh when Lee and I first um were developing our relationship and really getting to know each other and then when um, my corporate job ended and I started working um online and we were working at home together and one day he looked at me and went if you were a paying client which I am in other senses but <laughs> you know, if, yeah if you, you put up with all actually, your stuff <laughs> yeah, like if you weren't at the time, if you weren't my girlfriend um, and you were a paying client, I would fire you right now. And uh -oh. that broke my heart. I was like, you you, you want to fire me? <laughs> what am I doing wrong? So I had to take a step <laughs> back and go, okay, why would why would he feel that so passionately at this moment? Like, what am I doing wrong? And what am I not listening to? And so I had to realize that I was that so much of my corporate training had been getting in the way and was blocking me from being able to really listen to the years and years of knowledge that he had with all of this stuff. And so I relentlessly <laughs> was like, okay, fine, I will be the best student that you ever had. <laughs> And yeah. I'm committed to that. Well, at the and same time, having to give up whatever you thought a best student was, because that was even probably wrong, right? Like, okay, well, oh, yeah. now I know how to be the best student. I'll do it the way I did in college. Eh, nope, doesn't work that way either. It's it's also right. good that he didn't have an electrode hooked to you at the time, that every time you got it wrong, <laughs> that it, he'd buzz it, because you'd be, you know, your hair would look like Einstein by the end of the day. <laughs> Because, yeah, right, because there's so many things that we get programmed into. It's the college stuff. They say this is how the world's going to be when you get out. Now, I don't know that they've changed their model. I know that they've changed their description of what the world is going to be like when they get out from when I went to college and kids now. 
But there are conventions and things, and entrepreneurs abhor a convention. We run in the other direction of convention because that's where all the money is. If everybody's already doing it, and it's you know well established, and there's great big corporations in it, it doesn't mean that it can't be a viable thing for us to do. But I've always found the, the best money is being on the crest of a wave and helping people where most of people's attention already is or we know it's going to be very shortly. Like uh, a buddy of mine who uh, really made a huge amount of money on the Twilight Saga by um, the next movie that was coming out, he read Variety magazine. Most people don't read Variety because it's a Hollywood insider thing. But he kept up on that and some other channels of insider information. Found out that, um, and this guy had a fitness uh, site, fitnessblackbook.com, uh, Rusty Moore, and he just came up with the most brilliant thing. He was a he was a client at the time, and and I didn't tell him to do this. And this is where you learn from your students just as much as they learn from you. He took Absolutely. what I was teaching, and he was and yeah, and he was thinking, what what can I do? Well, he found out that Tyler Lartner the one of the sparkly, stupid vampires in that show was going to take <laughs> off his shirt, and that he'd been doing this workout, and he wait, was wait, totally... Wait, wait, wait. Tyler, or, um, Taylor is the werewolf. <laughs> I have to correct oh, you. Oh, right. See, I don't even know. Yeah, right. Okay, the werewolf, the sparkly werewolf. Actually, the wolves were really cool in that. I wish I had a wolf that was that big. Anyway, I digress. And wolves don't sparkle, so, just vampires. <laughs> right. The wolves were actually cool. The sparkly vampires were the ones we didn't like. Anyway, I'm Team Taylor. Right. So, <laughs> so he found out he was going to be ripped. He was going to be shrink wrap. You know all this stuff. And he so he started going out and doing content. And Squidoo was a big deal at the time. So he put up an article about uh, entitled Taylor Lautner Workout. Now nobody in the world cared at all. Nobody was doing a search on this at all, except that he knew they would be in two months when the movie came out. And all the girls dragged their boyfriends to this stupid sparkly vampire movie and started swooning when this guy took his shirt off. And those guys are going to look up there, and they're going to look at their guts, and they're going to go, crap, this is the new standard. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And since he looked ahead at where everybody was going to be, he was already number one in search for everything related to Taylor Lautner Workout. Everything. He was number one on Squidoo, on his website, and everywhere else, he pre-prepped the content so that it was already there. That Back then, it took a little minute for Google to get you into search. So he, he got his content done, ready to go, in long enough time for Google to come and see it. And, of course, Google ranked him because nobody cared. He wasn't in competition with anybody. So he was number one as soon as you know, he got uh, uh, visited by Google, and they decided to put him in the top position. And that's like magical stuff. That's, I love telling that story because – it has ties to all kinds of different things that would help people in all kinds of different situations like we're talking about now. But those kinds of things, those kinds of ideas, they don't come from corporate thinking, and they don't come no. from your, your MBA training in school or any of that. You cannot come up with an idea like that with any of the tools that you were given before you got to entrepreneurship. And I think that's what then Lee was doing with you. He was kind of like you were in boot camp, and he had to break you down and tear you down and rebuild you as a new person like they do in the military in some sense, right? Forget everything yep. you've learned. And now here's how you got to do it. And, and he got a little frustrated at that moment when he said, I might fire you if you were a real client of mine because, you know, you were holding <laughs> was, on to there something. There was no might. There was no might. In yeah. that. He was like, I would fire <laughs> you right now. Like, I'm so fed up with this mindset that you have. I'm like, what are you talking about? My mindset's awesome. He's like, no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. You need a shift. So, so it's really um, weird how, how we don't talk about, um, at least on this show, I've noticed that we, we end up, we, we let it go wherever it will. You know, I didn't send you any questions ahead of time, and you didn't send me any that you'd like to be asked, and, that's how this nope. kind of show works. Some people really hate that. And I'll tell you, if I go back to the people who gave me guff about that, and I go back to how long it's been since they've been an entrepreneur, how long it's been since they've been in corporate, and how long they were in corporate before they came, I bet you anything there's a corollary. The ones who need the questions fed are the ones who have been the most poisoned and have not yet gotten over the fact that they are on their own and this is a creative landscape. Even for the type A's, even for people who say that they're not typically creative, the landscape in this world that we live in now is totally creative. 
And the people who think of it more like a game than other people are the ones who are typically more successful. And a game by game, I mean whatever you can imagine you can do or is already being done and you can go and improve upon it or something like that. Do you get the same sense? Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. And it's part of um, what I love about the industry so much is because there's infinite possibility. It's, you know, whatever you can come up with and create, you can make happen. Um, But, you know, then there's that, you know, again, going back to the kid in the candy store of, you know, there's so much possibility. What candy do you even start with to get to where you want to go? So there's a um, if you have the gift of the clarity behind it, you can just rock it. Yeah, and it might take the form of you know a stupid cat video at first or whatever you have inside <laughs> you. I've watched people just go totally against the rules. I remember interviewing um, one of the biggest bloggers before Huffington Post came out. She was a mommy blogger, Heather Armstrong, and she. Um, had the one of the biggest blogs. I'd never seen a blog that got over 2,000 comments on a post, on one post. Wow. She'd get over 2,000 comments. I mean, that's when it was its heyday. People would actually comment on blog posts and not come back to Facebook because Facebook really wasn't up. It was just getting released to the world. Uh, so people stayed on blogs, and they commented that much. So here I come, and I'm interviewing her, and I'm saying, your page rank is really good. And she's like, what's page rank? I'm like, you can't be where you are. I'm sorry, but you can't be where you are right now and not know what page rank is. And then I'd say, why did you choose not to put your opt-in form here instead of here? And she's like, she keeps coming back at me like incredulous. Like, what are you talking about exactly? I just, I write, I do my thing. And I'm like, I know you write and you do your thing and everybody loves you. And she's like, but that's it. She was trying to tell me without knowing, I mean, she's just trying to defend herself because I almost was, I was putting questions to her that were sounding embarrassing for her because she couldn't answer them. And then I realized it was all my fault I was asking the wrong questions because everything that she was doing, her book deal, subsequent book deal, her thing on uh, – she got a TV show on HGTV. Uh, she's still blogging and still exposing her family's life, much to their dismay, to the world. And, uh, but that's, that's the whole thing. All that kind of – all the traffic that came from that, all the authority and notoriety and everything else – was counter to what most people would come and most people have come to the idea of blog marketing, content marketing, um, you know, developing authority through uh, thought leadership and things like that. It was, what she was doing was counter to all that. And while all of us were worried about SEO, I, I stopped asking her SEO questions after the third one because I kept getting to a dead end. And she's like, I don't know. I just rank. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. This is so cool because there are no rules. And the first person that tells you that there's a rule is a liar because it's probably been broken since they decided it was a rule. And somebody went out and was wildly successful in spite of the fact that they thought that there was only one way you could do something. And uh, I just think that's pretty fascinating. I think that's neat stuff. I'm sure you've run into tons of people like that too. Total, not rule breakers on purpose. They just didn't know there was a rule to be broken. They just went oh. their own way, and it worked. Oh, I have lots of friends that that are like that, and I look at them and I'm like, wait, what? What? What did you do? <laughs> and and you're making how much from that? And yeah. I find that people who you know don't necessarily know the rules that you know, that there are actually rules that can be broken and they break them because they didn't even know the rule existed um, yeah. end up becoming very successful because of, you know, it's a perceived thinking out of the box when they just didn't know. And then that success is what people go through and dissect on, okay, what is working? And they create the rules around the people that didn't even know there was rules. And they created a new yeah. path of what works and, you know, all the SEO tactics and all of the, you know, the rules came from people who set them, set them as the standard, as what worked. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, and I love movies, as you could probably tell, but it's almost like the, uh, the Matrix when Neo's first getting pulled out. He's got all that goop all over him, and he's like, yeah, and that's what we do. We come to this with goop all over us. And once you realize that there's an inside and an outside of a Matrix – you become the guy who ran the four-minute mile. 
The whole world thought it was impossible to do so, and therefore it would never be done. And then this guy did it, and now all kinds of people started doing it. Just the belief that you could, and that was a guy who was formerly inside the matrix and is now outside the matrix. I think I can run a four-minute mile. And hell, I'm just going to try. I'm just going to run real fast, time me. And he did it. I'm sure exactly, that's exactly how it went down, too. But, uh, <laughs> but he did, and then the rest of the world is sitting there going, wow. And, it, it, you know, it would be the same thing for the guy who first uh, figured out the fire thing, went and picked up a stick that got hit by lightning and was on fire. And, and, uh, and so the same thing for the first chef in human history who put a piece of meat over the fire and realized it tastes a hell of a lot better than that raw stuff we've been eating all this time. Go get me some more mammoth. And, you know, once you realize that that is your goal, it's not a rule, I'm not making a rule, but I would strongly suggest that it is your goal to be the person who realizes that you've woken up, you know, or that there is a waking up to do. And then you can do some really amazing things and have everybody else, your family members and everybody else, look at you like you're nuts. That is a sign of success. That is not a sign that you're going in the wrong direction. For the most part, that's a sign of a success. Because if they don't get it, you know you're on to something. And, and it's a, yeah, pro- and a badge of pride instead of the other, which is like, man, you're crazy. <laughs> you know how everybody's family members look at them once in a while. Well, yeah, and this just goes to show that how limiting beliefs can be. And once we break through the the beliefs and the mindset and shift it, how much everything else just changes and what a big impact it can be. Yeah. And everything's meant to change. We obviously have been put here for expansion, right? I mean, yep, everything it's the that only we do thing is to go consistent. forward. <laughs> yeah. It's forward. That's all there is. There's no stagnation. When you get into stagnation is when you start to feel ill. It's when you start to visit the doctor more often with physical manifestations of the fact that you're stagnant, that you're not moving anymore. You're no longer expanding. So here you go. Here's some heart disease or here's some, you know, this or that or whatever it might be. And the less we resist that kind of thinking, maybe somebody will write a book someday on how entrepreneurialism helped save the world. You know, in many different ways. And of course, the money that's generated that goes to causes, that's one way. That's an obvious thing. But it's also that freedom. If you learn to deal with it and you don't turn it into a big fat ball of stress, which means visits to the doctor, and you just roll with it and let it flow through you, man, maybe somebody's got a, maybe I just popped out a book idea. I don't want to write it, so somebody write it and let me know how it goes. <laughs> I love this idea. I, you know, I, I truly <laughs> believe that entrepreneurs change the world. Um, you know, through philanthropy or, you know, just the ideas and products that they use. I mean, look at Steve Jobs, for example. You know, he completely revolutionized the way that we do everything in our daily lives. <laughs> yep. You, know, so you have, as an entrepreneur, have the power to change the world. And it's a, it can be a huge burden and it can be a very empowering, um, you know, thing to know that you have this capability and that you're called here to do things to help, you know, move humanity forward. Yeah. Wow, did we go deep today or what? We did. (laughs) We've got 90 (laughs) seconds left, and I want to make sure that everybody knows where to find Natalie. And, Natalie, was that the best URL that we could give everybody to get into your sphere of influence, nataliemariecollins.com? Yes, sir. (laughs) All right. I like when people have one launching off spot. And then I'm sure that connects to your Facebook and everywhere else that you uh, like to hang out. And uh, But everybody go check out nataliemariecollins.com. Is there anything uh, in 30 seconds that you want to fix us up with? What's your best piece of advice to close us out today? You know, I think that um, something that I love to do is, as a creative, I love to blow up ideas really big, like just make them as big as you can possibly make them, and then pick out the core things that you really, that just really light you up within that idea and go for it. And allow yourself to dream so that you can discover what it is at the core that you're meant to do. So awesome. Awesome. I just want to thank you for allowing me to come on and letting us go deep into this stuff that I'm so passionate about. Absolutely. Well, 
Everybody, uh, keep tuning in to Traffic Masters. Nat Natalie, so, so good to talk to you again today. I'm going to have you on again. Uh, everybody have a great week, and we'll be back next week for another great episode of Traffic Masters. We'll see you then. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters, from traffic to conversion to business success.